It's Simon and Wayne Spiffing Review. With your hosts, Simon Jones and Wayne Bolt. Hello! Hello! And welcome to Simon and Wayne Spiffing Review. Hosted by me, Simon Jones. And me, Wayne Bolt. We're back after a slight break due to Christmas and various things that get in the way. Yeah, one of which being our other podcast venture, Squadron Leader Jack Stewart and the Starblade. Yes, our podcast machine was stolen by the drama department. Yeah, and that's available to listen to over at jacksteel.itsatrap.co.uk. However, um, enough of that. Uh, We're here to give you some more of our um, movie review insights so, uh, without further ado, shall we go to the trailer park, Simon? Yes, let's kick off with that, see where cinema is today. So, yes, as usual, we have gone to the Apple trailer website and picked uh, the most recent films off there and taken a look at them to see what we think. And we've also got a special request review of a film called Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Should we start with that one? I think we should, yeah. So, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil has got Alien Tudyk in it. Yep. And some other bloke who oh, I didn't really recognise. Um, and it's essentially a slasher movie set in Hicksville, um, where you're viewing it from the Hicks uh, point yeah. of view. And they're a long overlooked uh, viewpoint area of society, really. Yeah. yeah. Always yeah. labelled as the crazy skin wearing murderers. Yep. I always say Hicks here, we're sort of meaning American Deep South Hicks. Yeah. Who are like generally shown to be a bit stupid. Yeah. We're, not, we're not saying they are. No, we're not. Because no. we don't want Hicks to come and kill us and wear no. our skins. No. Which I'm sure they don't do. No. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that. Is the trailer actually out officially? Because it seemed to be a slightly dodgy version on YouTube that we. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's been doing the rounds, so it's obviously out there. And, and it's on YouTube and not been taken off yet due to yeah, copyright issues. So it may be. Yeah, so this one isn't on the Apple site. You might have to hunt for it a bit. Um, mm. However, I would actually warn you not to watch the trailer. I don't know what you think, Wayne, but. I think the film looks really good. Yep. The trailer shows almost everything. Yep. It could have ended up being slightly more mysterious and alluding to what was going on. Yes. But however, yeah, definitely, um, it, from the trailer, it looks like a film we've seen. Yeah. But as we like to uh, do a good service for you guys here, we've watched the trailer for you. For and we you. can tell you that the film looks great and you should watch it when it comes out. But yep. don't watch the trailer because no. it will spoil things. Yep. Okay. And then on to the first of the films of the Apple website edge of darkness yes this is not payback or ransom also films which starred mel gibson and had very similar posters mm. and likewise it's not lethal weapon no or any of those where mel gibson does play a cop but it does appear yeah. to be another or mel Gib- max yeah yeah it where he a goes cop. a bit crazy yeah. and gets revenge yep yeah. and not the madness of the jews no that was um passion, passion of the, the christ, christ. Yes. yes yes no it was madness of mel gibson about the jews a yes. few years later when he got arrested yes and that sort of thing um, yeah, so the film, it looks like a standard Mel Gibson. No one can really think of anything to do for a Mel Gibson film apart from making your typical Mel Gibson film. Yeah, so you threaten his family, he goes a bit, I'm Mel Gibson! Yeah. And, and goes after the people that did it. Yep, to dish out some revenge. Having said that, it does look quite fun. Do you think so? I thought it looked entertaining. No, I, I just think it looks like a typical, you've seen one Mel Gibson film, you've seen them all. Yeah, but it's been a while. He's kind of disappeared for the last ten years in terms of acting. Yeah, I wonder why. Yes, I wonder. wonder. Why. But it's also got Ray Winston. And Ray Winston's always worth watching. Yes, I would say like he's one of those actors that you can watch no matter what the film. It could be the worst film ever made, and he'll be worth watching. What so. even in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Chamber yeah. of Secrets? He's still vaguely entertaining. Yeah, I suppose he was. But you know that's a bit different because it's one of those films where 
his character and John Hurt's character kind of came in and out of the plot and it's almost like they just happened to walk onto the set that day and Spielberg was like oh yeah 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 just bring in the film yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah, they sort yeah. of wandered off again oh yeah. you're good. now you're a bad yeah. guy now you're a good guy yeah. anyway we're not talking about that film that, that's reviewing a film which is quite a lot at a date yeah. which um, I yes. know we're not been particularly good at keeping up but we're not normally that we're not bad. normally that bad yes but yeah, it looked, I thought it looked alright um, and it's, it's vigilantism in the cinema again they seem to be slightly obsessed with that mm. at the moment I'm not quite oh, sure why e- easy stories yeah everyone's annoyed with Something. So instead, they're going to go out and do it themselves. Yeah, basically. So I actually, and I'm annoyed with people who make films about people being annoyed with governments who go out and do revenge. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you should go out and get some revenge. Maybe I will. Yes. Next. Oh, hang on. Aren't we going to do a Gertie face? Oh, of course. We haven't done that for the first one either, have we? Uh, that is a good point. Yeah. You mm. see, we've been away so long, we've completely forgotten yes. our own scale of reviewing. And, and if you remember, um, the Gertie uh, smiley faces and whatnot are based on. Uh, a, a classic film of last year Moon where yes. Gertie was of course the robot if you haven't seen that film yet go see it get it on DVD yes or whatever partially because you'll understand our reviewing system more and yep. also because it's a good film yep anyway so Tucker and Dale Gertie uh, smiley, smiley face, face but sad face at the trailer because it's naughty uh, Edge of Darkness ambivalent face ambivalent to smiley for me oh, okay well a bit like a quirky yeah kind of like, yeah, like that okay um Right, next. So next on up. to film number three. MacGruber. Yeah. Now then, Simon, do you remember a TV show called MacGyver? Vaguely, yes. Yes, I think this is a, a, a piss take of that by the looks of things. Mm. The name was quite similar for a start. Plus, he's a, a, an expert hands. devices expert. Well, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like anyway. Um, and so it looks like they've taken MacGyver... And combined it with Austin Powers. And also Under Siege. Yes. And Home Improvement. Yeah. I was extremely confused all the way through the trailer because it felt like it was a movie based on a TV show or spun off from something else that I wasn't aware of because all the jokes and characters felt like they were kind of referencing something that was completely passed me by. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that you maybe was aware of MacGruber no, and his legend. No, I, I, I'm imagining without doing any more research about the film other than watching the trailer. I've not even heard of it before no. before it came up on the Apple website. That I think it's a, a bit of a MacGyver piss take, but they probably couldn't get the rights to MacGyver because, <laughs> yes. what was it, is it Richard Dean Anderson? Yeah, yeah he, he can be a bit likes himself anal, a bit, doesn't he? That yeah. sort of stuff. So, anyway, Gertie's to that one. Uh, slightly confused face. Well, I'm going to give a smiley face. It looks, yeah. it looks offbeat and weird enough for it to be mm. entertaining. See, I'm wondering if there's uh, some American show or something that we're not aware of mm. that would make it all make a lot more yeah. sense. Yeah, so American listeners out there, if you can fill us in on that, then please do so uh, by email at uh, simonandwayne at spiffingreview.com or find our Twitter account somewhere, which is just spiffingreview. Yes, uh, please do fill us in because I'm very confused. Mm. So, final trailer, which is, my name is... Khan! Yep. My name is Khan, which unfortunately has nothing to do with Star Trek. No. Uh, well, maybe it does. I was a bit confused by the trailer. Prequel, perhaps. Could well be. Yes, that's where it all started. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Before Ricardo Montalban. Um, yes, got there involved. was this guy. Well, of course, he couldn't do it now, what him sadly no longer being alive. Yes. But he's alive in our hearts and our minds. Yes. So, yes, uh, this trailer starts off looking like a sort of Bollywood-influenced rom-com and has an incredibly cheesy line right at the start of the trailer, and I thought... Okay, this probably isn't for me. And then about a third of the way into the trailer, it takes a sudden right turn and turns out to be... Yeah, right turn. And uh, turns out to be a very political story about fear and a kind of terrorist issue in the West and general persecution of Muslims and anyone that looks slightly Arab. Yeah, it, it looked to be... Um, uh, 
what happened just after 9-11 I, is yeah. what the impression I was getting from it it didn't really seem to make sense in the trailer as to what the time frame was um, but it just looks to be like a, a, a film um, of um, Khan who is not a terrorist because he says so I think it's probably someone who is of uh, who, who gets not wrapped up in it but it's the I think it's the general panic and crazed reaction that yeah. a lot of people had in the US and the UK mm-hmm. where all of a sudden every sort of Asian or whatever person must be a terrorist yep. just because they look like slightly different Yes, uh, and it's kind of taking a look at that reaction to 9-11 and pointing out that it was a bit stupid mm-hmm. uh, and it's I think the film is going to live or die on how patronising it is and how obvious it is because the, the statements it's making are fairly obvious to anyone that has an open mind and is intelligent and likes to actually look at the world in a broad view um, so for people like that um, people like us then it's going to be kind of saying stuff we already know and I worry that the people that it should be talking to are maybe going to ignore it and not watch the film anyway yeah and it's going to write it off because it stars a load of foreign people yeah. it's directed by a foreign person and this kind of stuff you know but I'm glad that a film's been made about it I think it has the potential to be really interesting but it's the kind of subject matter that has to be handled so right otherwise it'll either be really heavy handed or really kind of twee and obvious yep. and stuff but okay. potential for greatness I think so okay. it's happy face for me and because it appeals to the more intelligent parts of society I think I'm going for ambivalent face the trailer left me a bit too confused to actually know if that's what it was about there's a, I just got the impression it could have been about something else and this trailer's trying to lure you down one way yeah but well, I don't know we did notice that what we watched was the international trailer and there are other trailers presumably for the US and I'd actually be quite interested to see those because I imagine they're going to market it very very differently mm-hmm. because the kind of trailer we got over here I can see in some parts of America maybe not working too well mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm going to I'm going to do a bit of research on that one okay. and see how it's been marketed around the world because I think that will probably differ vastly from territory to territory yep. and could be quite interesting anyway so of all those in the trailer park so I mean, which one are you most looking forward to um Probably My Name is Khan, just because of all of them it's got the most potential. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going to actually attain that or not, I've no idea. Um, Tucker and Dale, I think it's going to be fantastic, but I'm also pissed off because I feel like the trailers sport the film. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go with Tucker and Dale, I think, because that um, looks kind of corner cool in, in an Evil Dead kind of way. Yeah, looks like a great film, but, but worst crazy. trailer ever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it made me think the trailer was great, but... Anyway, moving swiftly on. Yes. Well, last year, though, at the end of last year, um, being 2009, just in case some of you are listening far into the future, yes, um, yeah, a small film by James Cameron came out called Avatar. Now, we appreciate the fact this is probably leaving it a little bit late to do yes. a review, but we couldn't really get back to doing our, our podcast without actually having a look at tra- uh, the um, Avatar yeah, trailer. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, Avatar's not really... If you're doing a, a movie-based review podcast, you can't not review Avatar. No matter how far behind you are. Yes, whether you like it or not. Like, in 2015, when someone starts doing a podcast for the first time, they'll have to review Avatar, because, mm. you know, it's just how it is. Um, and I think that, in some ways, joking aside, is probably going to be true, because it's going to be an incredibly influential film, whether you think that's a good thing or not. Uh, and it already has been, because they're talking about turning everything else into 3D because yeah. of course this was the big poster child for 3D so we'll be talking about what we thought about that okay because yeah so anyway what's it about what's it about it, it's about um, Kevin Costner 
making friends with, with, with some Smurfs, some very, very Aetol <laughs> Smurfs who have issues about who they are. Well, no, they don't have issues about who they are. You know, they're, they're, it's, there's lots of jokes you can make about yeah. the story. Um, because and it, most people have, so there's no point us trying yes. to do them all over again. And I imagine everyone knows the story. Basically, humans on an alien planet impersonating through this high technology uh, that they are, in fact, the aliens themselves, trying to infiltrate, all goes a bit wrong, big war. And then they learn to love the aliens, or one guy does. And, yeah. You know, your standard quite, story. Quite literally. Yes, yes, indeed. So yeah, you've all seen it, so you know what happens. Yep. So, Wayne, what was your overall impression? If it was a National Geographic documentary um, looking at the the way uh, like an alien tribe works, lives, eats, hunts, etc., I would have really enjoyed it much more like that. I, I thought the visuals are very good. The the whole cinematic experience of it was very good. Let down by, to be honest, quite a quite a blatantly obvious story, and it it annoyed me the fact that there was just such a great film potentially that was just let down by a very key element in the films, which is the plot. After like twenty minutes, half an hour, you could easily write out what's going to happen and you can even name the scenes and even write some of the dialogue yeah, and, and what's going to happen to each yeah. character yeah. and then I, I found I, I started getting a bit bored by it when I was thinking about the actual film story side of it because you're just waiting for these bits to happen but then when I just sat back and just watched the visual spectacle of it um, you just get absorbed into it again so yeah, it was as a, for me it was good as a visual spectacle it was worth seeing it in the cinema but it's not a great film. Yeah, this is something we brought up a few times in the podcast, I think, most particularly with Transformers 2, where we talked about how there's all this amazing technological achievement going into this movie, and as an organisational production, it's astounding, and yet it's all at the service of this completely crappy script. Mm. And it's so frustrating to see hundreds and hundreds of people come into work on this project, which, at its core, just has absolutely nothing. Um, having, I don't think Avatar is in that category myself because while the story is incredibly predictable and cliched and we've seen it a million times before in some ways it is still an effective story uh, and it makes sense and although it's predictable it does that's because it tells that story well if you see what I mean even if it's one that we've seen a million times compared to say a Transformers 2 well, 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 where did... it's so incomprehensible that it's just complete garbage all the way through well, I, I didn't think it told the story particularly well right I know I can see what you're saying about Transformers and I won't even mention the the G film <laughs> the G here. word um, it, I, I I just found watching it what with the the plot going on mm. was was worse than just watching it for the sake of just watching yeah. the film see I've got a theory about this go I'll on tell you my theory go on then right my theory of how stories are kind of put together right um, is that they consist of three separate bits right um, a lot of people take story to just be plot uh, but I think story is actually a combination of plot uh, setting and character Okay, so every story you see whether it's in a, a film or TV show or a book or whatever it's a combination yeah. of those three things mm-hmm. uh, and some things will have uh, lots and lots of plot yeah. uh, lots and lots of character but maybe the setting's completely mundane mm-hmm. or you might have amazing characters but not much in the way of plot uh, or you might have an incredible setting, but not much in the way of plot or characters and this kind of thing. So you look at something like Apocalypse Now, and it's pretty much all setting, and then you know a couple of really amazing characters, but in terms of plot, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you don't need all three things to be working at full steam to have a good film. And they can kind of balance each other out, you know? Um, and with Avatar, the setting aspect is just unparalleled. It's, yeah. it's like off the chart uh, I agree with that. how good it is. But character-wise, it's at best just Dull. mediocre and there's nothing to get your teeth into. Um, possibly with the exception of Natiri. I thought she was had a bit more going for her. That's the female alien character. Um, and in terms of plot, it's either poor or everything we've seen in a million other films. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the first half, two-thirds of the film, it's almost entirely setting because you're being introduced to this amazing place and how the culture lives and how the world works and interacts with, each, with itself and the geography and all this kind of stuff. And for that whole period, I was completely captivated and didn't really have trouble with the plot because there wasn't really much plot going on. Um, but unfortunately, in the last third they've introduced everything and then that goes into the background and the plot comes to the fore with the war kicking off and then trying to get all the tribes in and all this kind of thing and the character switch arounds and as soon as the film relies on that those two aspects rather than the setting is when it falls apart quite badly that's my thinking um, and it's that it's, when it's when it knows that it's about setting it works and it, as soon as it tries to do something else it fails it, it doesn't which is a shame it could have been it, we've, a little bit more thought about um, the the important aspects, mm. so the, the characterization uh, and the plot, it could have been absolutely fantastic. But there we go. Um, that's Avatar for you. Yes, yes. And there is a lot of talk of sequels. And despite the first film's flaws, I have some interest because now that they've perfected the technology mm-hmm. and established this world, and they've shown us the world, so that's kind of done. Maybe they'll focus in on the other aspects and give us a kind of the, the rounded experience that we should have got from the first yep. one. Okay. Yes. So, right. what about the 3D? Because we have seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs in 3D, and we were like, yeah, it's all right, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. What did you think about Avatar's 3D? I think they need to get the colours sorted in 3D. Mm-hmm. When, when watching Avatar in, in 3D, one of the. It, it wasn't that bright. Yeah, and uh, you yeah. can just imagine it just being slightly more vivid, and that's obviously going to be a problem with the with the tech at the minute. Mm. Um, it is known thing that it dims yeah. everything. Yeah, was it about thirty percent or something? Something like that. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. It's, does it really add much to a film? I'm well, not, not sure. I'd say no, but but for Avatar, based it did. What, well, based on what I said just now about the setting being mm-hmm. so key to the film, like if you. The, the less the impact of the setting has, the less of a film it is because mm-hmm. you haven't got anything else to back it up. So anything that enhances that, I thought was quite important. Yeah. Um, but on so, the flip side, though, are people going to be relying on that more at well, the yes. at, at the uh, sacrifice of everything uh, else? That's Don't know. The there problem. we go. So 3D, it could be alright, but at the minute, I could take it or leave it. But yeah. Avatar, though, you have to see it in 3D because yeah. otherwise it'd be absolutely diabolical. Yes, it'd be a little pointless. Uh, anything to enhance. You know, if you've got IMAX, see it in IMAX. If you've got 3D, see it in 3D. And see it at the cinema because there really is no point seeing it at home no. because that's not the experience that they're going for there. Okay. Okie dokie. Right, so we've got no movie news for you uh, this episode what we are going to do instead is have a little look back at last year once again 2009 AD 2009 obviously an important year because that's when we started making this podcast Mm -hmm. uh, and all you kind people started listening to us so thank you if you've been listening to us from the start and it's much appreciated Uh, Uh, and likewise thank you if you've only just recently started listening to us but have gone back to the start to listen to us from the beginning yeah you're good too yeah uh, if you've just started listening to us but you haven't gone back to the start yet yeah, we like with, you yeah but get on with it yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so we're just going to run through a few of our sort of popular things and things we didn't like and what we thought of the year in general. So, um, what the year in general? Well, to do movie wise, okay, yeah, movie wise. Otherwise, be here all night. Yeah. So um, I'm actually going to kick off with my best film of the year because it's happy and nice and it's also the least interesting category. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as anyone that's listened to the podcast will know, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was my favourite film of the year by a long way, uh, which was great because I had absolutely no expectation of it and hadn't even heard of it until about a week before I went to see it, yeah. which is always the best way to see a good film. I'll, I'll have to echo that. Um, certainly, yeah, it was the film where, uh, on leaving the cinema, it was uh, the most... It was most happy of yeah. all the films I saw. A, a lot of the rest of them were sort of like mm, so so. Yeah, mm. I like it, and there's some some good bits in it, some bad bits. But Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, um, absolutely brilliant. I'm looking forward to watching it on DVD because I'm sure yeah. there's there's jokes I missed yeah. in it. Due Every to, shot, due, much. due to laughing so much. It's almost it's more sophisticated than the Naked Gun and Airplane star humour. And there's more character and story to it and stuff, but it's that it, it's sort of film. That kind it? of every shot has a joke in it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, joyous stuff, and yeah. you should see it. It's lovely. Okay, yeah. So for us, 2009, the film of the year was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Absolutely. And the other film of the year, because it was awful, is Gamer. And I think we've said enough about this, but basically, don't see it. If you have, if you've already seen it, I'm sorry that we weren't able to warn you. Uh, if you haven't seen it, then stay welcome. And it. don't even see it, ironically. No, no, it's not. It's not, it's, it's not like the Wicker Man with Nicholas Cage. Yeah, and it's not like Dungeons and Dragons with uh, the guy that wasn't in Secret Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Um, that those films know they're not particularly good. Yeah, and they just have the laugh. Yeah, yeah. If if Gamer comes on television, uh, even if Joe Butler comes round and buys repeats and says, "Hey, let's watch Gamer," your Butler. Gerard, oh, Gerard no, Butler. Not, yeah, well, if you've got a butler and he comes round, but if Gerard Butler specifically comes round, uh, you know, even then, don't watch it. Mm. So, yes, you have been warned. Next. Next. Um, I just want a special mention here, which is uh, I've invented a category of best Blu-ray DVD that I watched in 2009, uh, which for me was Speed Racer, a film which I completely missed at the cinema because all of the trailers looked absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about cars and racing and just looked like some crazy anime thing and plus I was still a bit kind of down on the Wachowskis for making the last two Matrix uh-huh. films which while they were right, they you know they lost their magical touch that they had in their early films uh, Speed Racer brings that all back and it was absolutely thrilling and in terms of a kind of exhilarating viewing experience I put it right up there with Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs it's a very different film but it's got that same family film but works for every member of the family okay. kind of thing even if you don't like cars so yeah right. love it well alright in which case the, the the best Blu-ray film I watched last year would have been The Boat Rip Rocked mind you it was the only Blu-ray film I watched last year <laughs> it was quite good went on a bit um, but it's not a nice gentle Britishy comedy is that Nick Frost and co yeah yeah it, it's, it's okay it's, it's worth watching but it's but I wouldn't write home about it yeah well I wouldn't because I've seen it yeah, and you were at home when you saw it. And so, I'm at home. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a bit pointless. Yeah, it's a bizarre expression, isn't it? It is. Right home. Is. Anyway, yes. Uh, my best genre of the year um, is science fiction. Not just because I love <laughs> science fiction, because that would be too obvious, but because I think science fiction at the cinema this year was really exciting, because it did. Are you including a... the sci-fi fantasy genre all in all in one, uh, or are you yeah. splitting it? No, yeah. hold on. Okay, hold on. I'm not fussy. <laughs> um, because there's, there's a really wide variety of stuff at the cinema this year. We had... Um, Starting off with Star Trek, yes, I think. Yes, like, classic stuff like Star Trek. Um, you had the giant blockbusters like Transformers 2, which even though I hate, it 
still was, wasn't as bad as Gamer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you had Watchmen, which was very, oh yeah, very yeah. flawed but really interesting mm-hmm. adaptation of best comic ever written. I mean, I still maintain ninety five percent of a really good film. Yes, yeah. There's um, just a certain five percent, obviously yeah. missing from it to make it really good. A little bit incomprehensible to people that haven't seen the comic, I think, mm-hmm. because the comic is the comic you give to people that don't read comics to show them that comics are cool. Uh-huh. Graphic you, novel, please. Okay, graphic novel, but you couldn't do that with the movie because uh, it's a bit too crazy for. From that point of view, um, and then of course you had the thoughtful stuff like Moon yeah. and District Nine, which was at least yeah. half Moon, of the thoughtful which film. We, we love, and Store won't tell you what's going on just in case you haven't seen it because yes. I think it, it, you have to see that film without having heard much about yeah. it. Yeah, going blind completely, not completely blind because that'd be difficult. That's to not watch that sort of film. No, no. Oh, <laughs> yes, but uh, so yeah, science fiction I think made really great strides and obviously Avatar even though it's not exactly great sci-fi in terms of the technology it's perfected now that's going to enable so many awesome sci-fi movies in the next 10 years so that's really cool Um, yeah so I I was really pleased with the genre it's a genre that in the 90s was a bit rubbish other than a couple of things and for most of this decade it was struggling a lot and it was kind of just Star Wars but this year it kind of broke out and did more stuff yeah yeah um, one final thing for me, which was the best use of full frontal chin biting, which goes to Drag Me to Hell. Which, once again, really good film. Yes, perfected chin biting. I don't think yeah. there's no point doing any more chin biting. And also had the most expressive use of a puppet goat. Yes, exactly. Puppet goats and chin biting, they've been done. There's no need to go there anymore. No. Um, I, I like to uh, do my best Tarantino film of the year, yep. which was Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that that was a pretty good one. Yep, mind mm-hmm. you, the only Tarantino film of the year again. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my uh, best Harry Potter film was uh, Harry Potter Six. Yep, the, the Half Blood Prince. Um, I say with Inglorious Bastards, if you like Tarantino, you'll enjoy this film. If you don't, I think it might be a bit hard work. Yeah, it is a bit like most Tarantino movies. Yeah, they're all pretty much of a muchness, mm-hmm. aren't they? Other than maybe Reservoir Dogs, because obviously when that came out. You couldn't say if you like Tarantino movies, you'll like this. Well, I didn't know that Reservoir Dogs uh, w- was released over in Britain first. Uh, the the first big Tarantino film in America was Pulp Fiction. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I did not know that. Oh, there you go. See, educational as yeah. well as I remember entertaining. people talking about Reservoir Dogs, but I was too young to see it at the time. So. Oh. Yeah. So yes, that's, that's my 2009. Um, overall, I was fairly pleased with it in terms of the cinema, and uh, yeah, looking forward to. What's coming up this year? Yeah, such as um, the A Team. Yeah, the A Team. I don't get that film. <laughs> okay, if they. Uh... It's based on a television program. It's very popular <laughs> in the nineteen eighties. Simon, yeah. Yeah, you see, watching the A Team trailer <laughs> is how I should have felt watching the MacGruber trailer. If you see what I mean, it's like it feels like it's a reference to something that I don't know. Uh-huh. But obviously, the A Team I do know. But I'm not, I don't quite get why they're trying to make all the modern actors look like the old actors. Because especially like Mr. T, Mr. T is Mr. T. No one else is Mr. T. So they should have just had new characters set now, but they're like a new A team rather than doing this. Yeah, I, I sort of hope we'll have a couple of uh, cameos. I think mean, they they deserve that. The ones yeah. who are alive still. Anyway. Yes, yes, that would be good. Uh, another George film Papard. to look for this year: Kickass. Have you seen the Kickass trailer? No. Ah, this looks marvellous. Uh, has it been in the trailer park yet? Um, it's been out, but we haven't covered it. I don't think. Okay. I think it came out during our. Uh, low period right so but that's uh, it's basically superheroes uh, a bunch of kids playing as superheroes because 
they kind of think it's cool and trying mm-hmm. to be Batman and it's getting excellent word of mouth and yep. it looks great uh, Zedgar Wright's new film uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World mm-hmm. which is another comic adaptation I think um, and this is quite cool because for years now we've had like Spider-Man and Batman and they tried to do Superman again and all this kind of stuff and increasingly we're starting to get the other comics that people don't know about there's like the big Marvel stuff and the big DC stuff and now we're starting to get some of the more indie comics coming through that in a lot of ways are more interesting than the, the big blockbustery stuff yeah so. I'm quite looking forward to a film called Paul which is uh, being yes. done by Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost Frost without Edgar Wright without Edgar Wright slightly controversial yeah no, they've film, been filming it in Mexico I think if uh, if you follow either Nick Frost or Simon Pegg on Twitter then yeah, you'll be getting streak, no you get arrested, arrested. Sort of thing. Yeah. I think I could be completely wrong here but I think Paul is directed by Greg Matola who I think I should probably check my facts beforehand but I think he directed uh, episodes of Arrested Development which is an extremely funny TV show that got cancelled a few years back uh, which they're also trying to make a movie of but that won't be out this year okay um, also other things looking forward to um, this forthcoming year uh, we're going to be doing more than just movies I think we're going to uh, we're going to try and review other stuff um, probably including at the end of the series Lost anyway because mm-hmm. I'm being a bit of a, a Lost fan and having had a question asked on the Lost podcast, I think I owe it to it. I'm quite looking forward to Lost this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my is it the big finale. Yeah, it's yeah. season six. The uh, probably found is what they should call it at the end. Uh, that's going to be quite exciting, and um, it's going to be something to talk about for all us Lost fans. It's going to start babbling for about eighteen weeks. Yes, have you incessantly. seen? Have you seen the uh, the Onions little sketch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Lost series seven. <laughs> About to make Lost fans even more annoying. Yeah. So, yes, I've got one right so, here sitting opposite me. You're getting quite <laughs> excited. It's not long. Not long. So, yes, we're going to be boarding out and reviewing uh, other bits and pieces. We're going to kind of play it by ear as we go. Uh, if you find something interesting you'd like us to take a look at, just let us know. It doesn't have to be movies. can be pretty much anything, as long as it's legal. Yeah. Um, Simon's going to be going on holiday. I'm not yes. going to tell you where, in case you want to stalk him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we probably won't get round to doing another podcast for two or three weeks, but what we are going to try and do is next week we're going to a sci-fi convention and we'll try and take some recording devices with us to give you on-the-spot uh, reviews to what yes. we've seen and the sort of thing which goes on. It, it may or may not work. Yes, so depends we're, on our portable podcast machine working. Yeah, it so. may not be the best quality, but... Yes, and if you're, at the, uh, if you're at the SFX Weekender, yep. then we'll be there, so keep an eye out for us. Yep. Right, well, thank you for listening. It's yep. good to be back at last, and next time you see us, we'll be in a slightly different form, but on the same podcast channel, same podcast feed. Irregular time. Yeah. Yes, feed. So is that the technical term? Yeah, it's a okay. feed, because it's XML based and stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, um, enough of that. Um, so we'll, um, we'll, you may hear some edited highlights on our trip next week, but other than that, we'll probably be back in three weeks or so. Yes, until then, uh, keep spiffy. Goodbye. Keep spiffy, yeah, that's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Just thought of that off the top of my head. <laughs>